It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Gary Roberts makes his return to Accrington. We've only played one game in four weeks, but we're still in the top ten. Happy New Year. It's the Raw Milk Podcast. Let's have it. Raw milk for Callum. How are you doing, mate? Not so bad, Steve. Not so bad yourself. Yeah, not so bad. How was your Christmas and New Year? We are the eighth of January, twenty twenty-one, and it's a new year. <laughs> it's four weeks. Four weeks since we last recorded. So yeah. we start. We need to get a little bit more regular. We, we, are, we are on the eighth now. So um, you know, if you go for the haven't seen you since last year, gag, I can can officially twat you. That is the rule. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I am. I, I do love on New Year's Eve. I'll see you next year. I'm not really. I haven't seen you since next year, person. Uh, so you, you're all right with that. Oh, How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was all right. It's quiet as, you, as you'd expect. Um, like you say, it feels like I haven't seen Stanley play for about nine years. But apart from that, yeah, steady away. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I guess Boxing Day, isn't it? I mean, fo- Boxing Day. As you get older, Boxing Day is better than Christmas. Yeah. You see your mates. You're all hanging out the out your ass. You're on a coach or some godforsaken shit all. It hurts to blink. Absolute crack. That's what you're after. <laughs> I think part of the reason that we haven't recorded as well is just because there's been there's no real point in recording if they're not playing any games. Since we last recorded, like we said four weeks ago, we played once and we fucking drew nil nil. Yeah. So it's one of them, innit? Despite saying that, Stanley do still sit eighth in the league table. We're six games behind some of the teams in the league. We're four games behind top place. Uh, Lincoln City and we're 11 points behind them as well um, we're sat here ours in about an hour and a half's time Stanley are going to kick off against Charlton Athletic who are two points above us in the league um, but like I say I mean anything to talk about since I guess what, about, what do you think of that Blackpool game did you watch it? I mean I'd just like to say on the last podcast we said we were unbeaten since the podcast began and Wigan selfishly spoiled that for us pie eating bastards uh, but now I can confirm that since the podcast started, we're still unbeaten at home, mm-hmm. uh, and we have never, ever lost to Charlton whilst the podcast has been uh, going. That is a fact. 
That is that. a fact. Um, but the Blackpool game, yeah, it was strange that because, as we said last time, we had, we had a little run of games where they were against teams that you'd fancy us against now. And Blackpool was the first test we'd had for a while. And uh, it could have gone either way. It was a real nip and tuck game. I don't want to play cliche bingo, but uh, I thought it was a great point. I thought they looked decent, to be honest. But I also thought we looked decent. And it was one of those games where you thought, first goal wins, really. Um, like you say, you were actually on, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, I did feel like that. And I felt first couple of, what, first 10 or so minutes, I thought, oh, we might be in a bit of trouble here. They are knocking it about well. But, like you say, I, I was just really impressed with um, how we sort of how we conducted ourselves and how we managed the game as well. Yeah. Um, I thought we matched them and I thought if there's a sign of us actually being, I won't say promotion candidates, but if there's a sign of us being a decent side, I think that was it. Treat yourself, say it, go on. Well, if there's, we're promotion candidates and I think that if we're, if we're matching a side like Blackpool, who at the time were one of the most, one of the most informed sides in the league, I don't know if they are anymore um, because like I said, I don't really, I I haven't really followed football in the last three weeks apart from watching our tweets. Well, thing, if, it, if, it, if it barks like a dog and shits like a dog, it's a dog, isn't it? Yeah, we're a promotion. We're a promotion at the moment. We're, we're a promotion chaser. You can't deny it. Uh, if, Blackpool, if Blackpool are, if Lincoln are, we've certainly give them you know both a game. Uh, in this strange sort of, I've, I've touched on it before. This sort of odd season, you've got the wage cap, which helps us, I think, uh, and this uh, you know no fans that can often sort of sway their ref in bigger games. Um, We've got as much as a chance as anybody, you know. Um, why can't we be that Trojan horse? Why can't we be that Wickham? You've got a dirty dream, you know. Everyone knows it's been a fucking bleak 2020, and 2021's not started off with a greater plum, you know. As you said last time, can the football club be that be that that lightning rod that that gives us something to look forward to and, and, and does galvanise the town? You got a dream, you know. Eric Worley once said, Wimbledon went from non-league to Premier League. Why can't Accrington do the same? Yeah, and I, f- I feel like, like you said, uh, I was talking to my dad uh, earlier today and I was saying, well... Dad, get off me. <laughs> going to places like... Uh, going to places like the Valley what are you doing like with that tonight. belt? <laughs> going to places like the Valley tonight, for example, we'd be going there usually, even if it were a Friday night game, you're talking probably the best part of 15,000 there tonight. And what? 10 from Aki. Yeah. If 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 there's any if there's any season why we can't go there and actually try and we're more in the game than ever then this is the year isn't it? Um that brings us on nicely to the comments made in the press this week about a certain few clubs. Do you want to talk about that Lee Boyer quote? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been uh, there's been two two things that uh, you know have made me shake hands with the one eye milkman this week. Uh, the first was in seen in a local Pompey rag. Uh you know Gary Roberts Resigning, they were talking about that. Obviously, ex Pompey, and they say he made a surprising move to uh, promotion rivals Accrington Stanley. Those two words, promotion rivals, inject it, inject it into me. Lee Boyer, Charlton manager, uh, just said today actually that uh, Accrington, and not the Accrington he played two years ago, and that we're now a force in this division. Um, so I think it always makes me a bit uncomfortable when 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 outside sources start paying attention to us i like the little trojan horse accurately really, but we're up there we're in the mix let's have a do why not yeah it's nice to go under the radar isn't it i think that's where we really excel but yeah like you say i mean it's i mean you say there are local rags writing about us if there's one thing that i've learned this year it's that Local rags are really the beacon of journalism in this country, and they've got some really, really seriously good writers there, especially the Accrington Observer. Well, no comment. There you go. Um, what about the? Oh, you've just covered them both, actually. Um, right, okay then. Well, usually, I mean, we spend after the first half an hour talking about the team. We've got nothing really to talk about, so we've got to talk about Gary Roberts, really. Um, what are your memories of Gary Roberts? What what does it mean for you to have him back at the club? Because it, younger 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 fans, I mean, I, I was only twelve when he left the club. Younger fans, even younger than me, also yeah. newcomers who might have started watching Stanley in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, slow they, down, Grand. I, I was in utero when uh, Gary Roberts played for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, what has it meant to you? Is it, is it, it because I don't think that people have understood just how sort of big it might have been. 
I think the thing with Guy Roberts is, it's one of those things, if you follow Stanley fans on social media, every time he leaves a club, end of every season, we, we nag him, don't we? He leaves Wigan, come on, come back to Aki, he leaves Pompey, come back to Aki, he leaves Chesterfield, come on Gary, come home. It's one of them things, you never, you never really think it's going to happen. Um, and it's just given the people of Stanley such a lift, there's no Stanley fan who's not buzzing the tits off over it. Honestly, that news... I was having a, a, a terrible day when that news got announced. I, I was on cloud nine straight away because it's, you know, let's ignore the fact he's 36, might be slowing down a bit. You see in your mind's eye that the, the, the explosive Roberts we used to have, arguably one of our greatest ever players yeah. in terms of raw talent. You know, for a lad who came in to replace Rory Prendergast, took a lot of shit. Uh, I remember drawing 2-2 at home to York um, and people weren't, you know, so keen on him. You know, he's come from Welsh pool. What are we doing type thing? He went on to to be one of our best players ever. Um, and I think just as a character around the ground as well, he's a good crack, he's a good lad. Um, he's the kind of character that John and Jimmy sort of seek out. And, you know, just, just for the impact he'll have on the younger players alone, I think he'll be great. Uh, and don't, you're lying. If you've not, you know, if in your mind's eye, if you're not foreseeing him clambering off the bench grabbing a free kick in the last minute to win tonight, you're lying. And it will happen at some point, and hopefully, you know, fans can see his swan song. But it's just such a... The, the closest thing I can describe it to, if you're not Stanley, would be... Imagine if Shearer had come back to Blackburn in about 2004. A little bit, little bit, little bit older, a little bit wiser, not the player he was. You, you'd still be buzzing your tits off. And uh, I think it can only be good, really. Good for the town and good for the club. Yeah, I think you touch on him being 36 there as well. Um, it feels to me like <clears throat> you can talk about people like Bobby Grant and Andy Mangan who came back last year as well. I think that people forget that Gary Roberts were playing championship football last year regularly as well. I think he's a step above that. And I, it wouldn't surprise me tonight. I mean, we're, teams are going to be announced in, a, in about 15 minutes. It wouldn't surprise me if Corley started him tonight. I know he's not going to be fit, I know that he probably won't. It wouldn't surprise me, though. I think he is that extra bit of calibre of player. Yeah. And I, I, I was saying, I think... I, I've been saying to you this week, haven't I, what, what he represents to me was he's the first real flair player that I can remember. He's the first player who, when you get... You know, those early days of watching Stanley, for me, in my mind anyway... The, the remembrance of it is going to watch Stanley and everyone was watching Stanley. Everyone in the town was watching Stanley because they were doing well. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a, a new thing, wasn't it? And I just remember loads of young kids being there. But everyone loved Gary Roberts. Everyone was excited about Gary Roberts. And it, it, it's the same reason why the kids all have Messi on the back. Kids all love the best players, isn't it? Gary Roberts was the flair player for me. He was the he was the player that you wanted to be. Um, yeah, I mean, is it, is it, it? We've been very fortunate under Coley that we've always sort of gone for that sort of Kevin Keegan flying winger approach. You go back to the like Russell Payne, Dean Calcutt, Rory Prendergast, Gary Roberts, Bobby Grant. You know, we've always had these kind of players in the team. But it, you're right; it's like, he is that player where that sort of X factor would be missing. The, the kind of player who can do nothing all game and just ping one in. Yeah, you know you can carry him. You can carry him for three games, and then he'll win you three games on his own. And as you say, it's not it's not a put out to pasture. It's not as though he's been playing for you know Nelson, and we're doing him a favour. It's not jobs for the boys. He, yeah. he played a lot of games in the in the championship uh, for a team in Wigan who stayed up, um, bar a, a points deduction, so mid, arguably a mid table championship team. Yeah, um, he's a step above what we've got, and. Everyone's just so excited to see him play. You know what he represents, what he can do going forward, uh, and to have him and Sean McConville, two of the all-time Stanley greats. Sorry, Aki Webb, in the team at once is uh, well, it's it's mouth-watering. It is, yeah. Uh, sorry, it's Fire. um, he he is just excitement personified, isn't he? Um, I was saying my my cousin, who's a big Blackburn fan, hasn't been to watch Stanley since we were probably twelve. And he messaged me and said, I can't believe it. When can we go and watch him play? Because he was just excited to see Gary Roberts. That's his memory of going to watch Stanley, even though he hasn't been in 13 years. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully, um, you know, your cousin can uh, can visit Ewood in the Darwin end next year. 
I was just That's thinking dream, that, you know, how, how, how much of a, how ironic would it be if he did see Gary play and it was <laughs> next year and he was banging one in for well, Stanley? I, well, I was, say, I was saying to you, wasn't it this week, that, um, you know, if that was to happen and we were to visit our uh, our friends in Lower Darwin, Touchwood, I can remember Stanley parading the Unibon title on the pitch at half-time at Rovers Bolton. little sort of, um, you know, you get your, your brother in a headlock and you, and you rub him on the head. You know, oh well done, plucky little Stanley. Uh, the fact that that could be a league fixture is absolutely mental. It's incredible to think about a non-league side parading a trophy around not too long ago, and then we are a division above one of those sides now, and we yeah, spanked yeah. one of them seven-one last year. Blackburn Bolton, twenty-seven thousand on nil apiece. Uh, we spanked one seven-one last year. We're a league above them. Um, and like you say, the other one we're only at one league below. It's, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It it sort it sort of reminds me of when we were um, bucket collecting at Ewood as well, mm. which wasn't all that long ago, was it? About yeah. about ten, eleven years ago. Yeah, let, let's get this right. It's not an anti Blackburn thing or an anti Burnley thing. It's just that if you're Accringtonian, you know how big it would be for the town and for the club, and how it can potentially change the makeup of, of future generations as well. You know, if if you're a child, when I when I was on Stanley as a kid, you could see why people would go to the bright lights of Blackburn or Burnley. Now, league standing wise, you know they're, they're both within, you know they're both within reach. We've already got a be- better crack on that terrace. We've got things like winners' hour. You can meet the players, meet the chairman. We offer a unique product. We offer essentially, you know, the non-league crack with a professional high standard on the pitch as well. Which a lot of clubs just 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 can't 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 offer and can't compete with it. It is, it is unique, and uh, we said in the initial podcast, you know, that the fact that I can turn around and say arguably Accrington is red now is it's just incredible. When you, when you see kids in Stanley shirts, and you have those flashbacks to to going to school non uniform day in your Holland's pie shirts, mm. Rovers fans rocking around in McEwen's tops, taking the piss out of you, it, it does mean a lot. It's a strong time. For, it's a strong time for shirts. That I'm thinking, Stanley Hollands, the Rovers McEwen is a good one, and that Rosalind. Burnley Ensley one is a good one as well. Yeah. Well, I'd like. I mean, hopefully, because because the whole the, the shirt giveaway to the year three kids, I'm hoping that that Wham shirt can become our version of that because they'll That'd all have it. Gorgeous, they? yeah. Because that Ensley, even if you go to Burnley now, you can't turn a corner without seeing it. Yeah, they've. My mate's got one actually. Uh, my mate Matt, he's got one, but it's they've started re. They've sort of redone yeah, yeah, like a yeah. reprint. Um, yeah, and like I said, it's not a, it's not it's not an anti thing at all. It's you've got to look at it rather than being anti this club or anti that club. You've got to see it as being pro Accrington, mm-hmm. and we need to cultivate a mentality where asking how did Rovers get on is the same as asking how did Millwall get on. Yeah, it's a different town, a different club. It doesn't mean anything to me, um, and that will come, I'm sure, in time. Yeah, and long may that continue. I guess. I mean, e- even today, walking with a dog, you know, I see, I see two different Stanley hats, and I just think this is yeah. complete madness. And I'm, I, you still do that thing where I look at the person and go, "Don't know, know him." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, don't know him. Those days have gone now. When I used to walk dog down to Low Lane, you go, "Hey, give me all right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck are you. No, it's, it's, a, it's a proper football league. Don't club. know him. Who you the know. fuck's he? <laughs> We're getting gates of two, three thousand on. You know, Accrington. Accrington for many years to me felt like a, a town that hosted a football club rather than a football town. But when I go to places like Rochdale, you know, I would say arguably there's, there's Accrington has more of a football feel than places like that. Or yeah, that's true. I think that they they struggle with the fact that they they have sort of they've sort of meandered, haven't they? Yeah, and yeah. they've sort of got stale they've to the point where they've lucky. lost. They've lost yeah. talk. They've, they've lost crowds. Elderly they've, fans as well. Elderly fans. They've lost Bury now as well, which yeah. sort of makes them relevant. Um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think there's enough going on in Accrington at the minute. I, I think, yeah. I think it's I just. Think, I think, I think Accrington as a town has a very strong identity as well. Um, I'm not going to get too political, but I've always been a, a vocal opponent of the Heimben project. I feel Heimben is a Heimben doesn't carry any weight. Heimben doesn't have an identity. Accrington does. Yeah, if the you said somebody Accrington out from Hindburn, mm. they'd have absolutely no Whereas idea. Rochdale, Oldham, those kind of clubs, the the the, the 
the butcherisation of Lancashire and making this little enclave called Greater Manchester has sort of robbed a lot of places of their identity. So Accrington is a town. It's a town, a strong town in its own right. Whereas it takes somewhere like Droylsdon. It's just seen as part of Manchester now, or Ashton. And it, it can be damaging for identity, which is ultimately intrinsic to uh, a football club, I feel. I do, I do think of Hyburn as well. In my own head, I think of Hyburn as being... Baxenden. Uh, sorry, I, I, I do think of Accrington as being Baxenden Oswald Whistle Church. That's that's how I think yeah. about it in my own head. I think that's how it, that's how it yeah. should be marketed. I mean, like you say, a few years ago it was mooted to change the name of the, of the borough to Accrington and District. And I understand why people in the smaller towns, your Aussie Christians, kicked a fuss up. But if you think of somewhere like Paddyham, Paddyham's in the borough of Burnley, but it's still Paddyham. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's really on the map. Any, that. any of the any of the local other boroughs. So if you say Burnley, people know where it is. Pendle, people know where it is. Even onto the dark side, you say Calderdale, people know where that is. Yeah. Nobody knows where Hyman is, but they know where Accrington is. Accrington has a strong identity, and it should be the, the focal point and the selling point of the borough. Well, let's have it right, because it is the beating heart of the borough as yeah, well. It it's, it's everything that brings it into it. it and we've spoken about the football club being at the heart of that as well. And you've got to look, I mean, there are, there are other towns in the borough. I mean, you know, Richland and Great Harwood, for me, have always been more, more associated with Blackburn. Um... Not in a negative way, just it's the, the, I have nothing in common with those places. I wouldn't necessarily go there. Um, you could argue that that might be down to how Hyman's been implemented, but I just don't feel that it has a very strong identity. Whereas Accrington, you've got Stanley, the Powells, the Bricks, the Eubanks Carpet Sweepers, the Snooker Tables, the Viaduct, the Pipe Band, we've got Tiffany Glass. There's so many things that keep the brand of the town strong that I feel the borough in nearly 50 years now hasn't. Hasn't managed to, to sort of wrap its head around. There's not that cohesiveness that that, that you would like, um, but you know, hopefully we can get that, and hopefully the, the football club can be at the fulcrum of that. Yeah, also, yeah, exactly. And I think the only thing that we're really missing is a Papa John's, or if you're listening, a Boating Lake. You know <laughs> where you are. Yeah, decent mate. Right, let's get into classic players. Both got one. I'll let you do the honours, seen as um fucking yeah, well for no um, reason really. <laughs> it's uh, it's four lot on a bougie. No, it's not, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's Sean Tuck. No, it's not. It's uh, a man who gets forgotten about quite a lot, but I in my opinion, especially as a young lad, I think essentially kept us in the football league the first season. And it's uh, Sir Andrew of Todd, Andy Todd. Um again came in, in the conference winning season. Came in around the same time Anthony Barry left. A little bit of Corley magic, replacing a gem with a gem. Uh, banging in a few goals. I remember him bagging one against, I think it was Scarborough, when we got given the conference title in front of 3,500. Great day. And then that first football league season, he was the danger man, especially after Gary Roberts left for Ipswich. Um, you know, Toddy, he was that flow player. He got the ball, you knew he'd do something. And uh, you know, and we should have plied him with sort of you know drink, drugs, and prostitutes to keep him. Um, just a fantastic player, great cross for the ball, uh, quite a good goal ratio as well. When you look at appearances to goal ratio, I did actually forget though because in my nostalgia tinted mind, I think of peak Todd, uh, conference winning first league season. I actually forgot he came back in uh, two thousand and eight uh, for a little loan spell. I remember being really excited about it, but. Um, didn't really, you know, pull up any trees. Um, but it's like you say, it's a funny thing that, isn't it? Because you, when you, when you look at it, he played almost half of his original games, fifty mm. percent of his original games in that loan spell. Yeah. But he's not actually remembered, is he? Yeah. If you look at his goals, though, his goals ratio is quite good. His goal, his goals to games, he's sort of like one in three, one in four. It's not too bad. Sort of sixteen goals in sort of eighty odd games. Um, but I just seem to remember he got a lot of vital goals at a lot of vital times. And I always go back to that first league season because we we all thought it was a novelty, didn't we? 
Yeah, I mean, you, you, we've you, spoke you, about that before. Well, we have. You, your, your, your relatives saying to you, you know, go to every game, they're going straight back down. You know, um, if we had gone down, and that's the closest we've ever been, Touchwood, it would be very hard to get back um, because, you know, the conference win. We won, we won the conference with the 14th highest wage bill. Um, so it wasn't as though we were a big conference club knocking at the door all the time. Uh, we, we were in and out three seasons, we took our chance. We weren't, we weren't a Morecambe who took 10 years to get out. Well, Gary Roberts has said that on his return this week, hasn't he? Mm. He said that they went to, um, they were they were tipped for relegation that yeah. year. They went to, they had a, a pretty terrible pre-season in Scotland as well. And yeah. it was, it was sods law. Well, it was the third, it was the third conference season. Uh, the first two years we come 10th. So it wasn't as though we were knocking on the door and, and we were expected to do anything. Uh, if anything, we were sort of treading water and expected to sort of, you know, drop again. Um, but, you know, to win that league like we did and then to stay up with that sort of toddy-inspired season, I think it would dropped. We caught the conference at a good time. We caught the conference when it still felt relatively like a non-league division. Mm-hmm. You look at it now, if you were in a coma for the last 20 years and I showed you the conference table, you think it was the old Division 3, Division 4. You know, the, the Wrexhams, the... Um, who else in there? You know, Luton have been down there. Carlisle were in for uh, a bit. Shrewsbury, Chester, Halifax. Halifax. So a lot of ex-league clubs in there and big clubs. And it's sort of two leagues now. You get your sort of your Weymouths and your your Southports when they're in there, and they always struggle. Uh, it's dominated now by full time. I know we were full time, but full time ex-league clubs with good pedigrees, big gates. They tend to dominate. I think it's a I think it's a fully professional league now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean well, this this this. Uh, professionalism has filtered down you get the odd conference north and south club professional now but like you said when we, when, when we were in there you still had the likes of um, you know Farnborough and so on you had a lot of part time clubs in there as well it was an attainable thing if you were a if you were a Doc Martins league winner or a Unibon league winner or a you know Ryman's league winner as it was them before the north and south shuffle if you went up you could make a do as we did you know two seasons of part time football one season of part time football became 10th uh, what you could make a do now. I wouldn't any any part time team in the conference. As Chorley showed last year, Chorley were part time. They got hammered every game, more or less. Yeah, uh, it's a big big ask. I think it shows now, doesn't it, more than ever. Yeah, what what you're doing is you're going from regional football, so you're going from conference north, where your furthest away game might be two hours away. And if you're a, a teacher or a plumber or a bin man, it's manageable. You know, if all of a sudden you're asking a head teacher to travel to Dover on a Saturday. It's a different ask. It becomes a different thing. You're asking for full time fitness and full time mentality. And it, 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 you know, it, it can't be done really. Um, so we caught it at a good time. Um, and like you say, Morecambe, you know, Morecambe are bigger than us. It took them ten years to get out, and even then they couldn't win it. Like you said, though, I mean, you look at a club like Wrexham. Yeah, massive. Ridiculous. Six, seven thousand on. Ridiculous that they're even. Well, they got they got fucked over, of course, by the uh, the money men of Fleetwood. So Wrexham, when Fleetwood won the league, Wrexham came second with I think ninety odd points, something ridiculous like ninety two points and didn't go up. That's insane. Which will be enough to get you up in literally, you know, every literally every other year. Um, but they've only got the one automatic promotion place and the playoffs. Um, and people say, you know, give, give the conference two automatic slots. I'm not sure I agree. Uh, I think the football league is special and should be difficult to get into. Uh, but also, it won't happen because turkeys don't vote for Christmas. Your Barnets are not going to vote. Well, are in the conference. Your, your lower league two clubs are not going to vote for, for three promotions from the conference. Exactly. But, you look at teams like Stevenage this year. Yeah. Well, look at a better example than that. Then, so look at Barrow this year. Yeah. They put everything in. If if they come in that second to last spot, yeah, yeah, they deserve to fight for it. Really, if every other club has. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we won't mention Macclesfield last year who did that exact thing, and the EFL still fucking fucked them. Well, it made me laugh that because the EFL thought they were being clever, fucking a northern club over. And they got replaced by Harrogate anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, great to see them in. Um, yeah. But yeah, Toddy that year kept us up. It was a massive year for the club. Uh, I think if we'd have dropped, it, you know, it would have been hard to get back up. It becomes a different thing yeah. then, doesn't it? Yeah, different beast. <clears throat> I think it, it. Yeah, and then it it shapes our those sort of those initial years shape our whole outlook on 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 the journey that we have been on, don't mm. they? Does it, it turns us from being, you know, that Macclesfield game in particular. It changes us from being 
like you say, a flash in the pan to to the journey. I mean, this year, realistically, Jesus Christ, we're we're fighting to be a championship side. It's it, it, it's it's little things in the course of history, don't they? And I think that he played his part that year. Yeah, I think I think what happens is if we go down, we become sort of a barnet, like a northern barnet, a bit of a yo-yo club. Mm. We'd be a contender in the conference, but wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily romp it. Um, then gates start to drop, interest starts to wane, um, and, and, and so on. Um, well, it, it becomes that thing now, doesn't it? We, we talk all the time that Stanley is part of your identity, and that a part of the excitement of being a Stanley fan is it's that idea of um, people are interested in the club because the club is doing well. If we're in the football league for one year or two years and drop out, you're not going to any parties anymore and going, I'm an Accrington fan, and someone's going, oh, let's talk about that for an hour. You go in. It's like if you walked into well, a thing going, unless unless they're a non-league football fan or a lower league football fan, if someone comes into a party and says, I'm an Halifax fan, no one's going, let's talk about yeah, that you, for an hour. You turn, you turn around and go, well, I like Nat West. Got, <laughs> yeah. got, a better, got a better APR rate. How's Howard, you know? But, um, oh, you're a rugby fan. You say that to him, wouldn't you? Oh, I'm a Halifax fan. Oh, you're a rugby fan, are you? But uh, the thing with Stanley is I always said, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a long period of time where... The team was ahead of the club, wasn't there? You know, because we went up so quick for a long period. We were, we're, we're a middling Unibond club, and we went bang bang. You're in League Two, so we had a Conference North club in the football league. Uh, I remember seeing a Bristol Rovers report. We beat them at the Crown, and he said, "You've got to hand it to what Accrington have done. They've taken a Conference North outfit in a town that's basically an Asda and a viaduct, and managed to keep them, you know, punching in League Two, and." Uh, yeah, it was a lot. Like I say, for a long time, the 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 club was the team. Sorry, was ahead of ahead of the club, and and I used to always say because of that, enjoy these years, the halcyon days. We will go back to non-league eventually. It's guaranteed. Now I don't feel like that. I feel we're an established league club. Mm. We might go back to League Two, but I don't feel as though we 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 don't deserve this place. So we don't. I would certainly put us in the same company as as as. as uh, Teams like Rochdale or Oldham. Well, I feel like it you say, to be I think it. we've even eclipsed them, haven't we? I mean, yeah. it, it's a weird. It, it, like I say again, the ultimate pessimist in me does feel like at some point the good times have got to end because that's football. But it's all we've known, though, as well. That's it. I mean, we're not young. I mean, I'm thirty, and I've I've only ever known success. That's it. It comes to the point where you you talk to other fan groups, don't you? And it's like it, it's it's beyond a golden era now. It's it's like era. it's ridiculous. It's a. It feels like the twenties in Hollywood. Like the good times never end. Like it's. Look at your little smug face. Then you were pleased with that, weren't you? Oh yeah, twenties in Hollywood. My face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it it I is it, it. It, it it's a never ending cycle of uh, of success. Like I say, but we've got it to must come crashing to an immediate end at some point. We've got to a stage now, though, where even success. Like I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, we've had 20 years of glory. And they went, no, there were a few sort of um, well, League Two wilderness years. And I went, well, that's yeah, success. but pound for pound, that was still glory. Yeah, that's success. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was. Yeah. We've never had a bad season. We got, we, you know, Stanley Villa were founded in 1891. Yeah, in that no, time, we've had one relegation in 99. That's it. Also, do you know what? Um, people that think, oh, yeah, wilderness years. Well, if you're not around at that time and you don't think that that's success, well, realistically... Don't enjoy us yeah. when we're winning. I think it's a Bill Shankly quote, isn't it? If you can't support us when we're losing, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. support us when you're winning. Yeah. And that reigns true, I think, even in these modern times as well. We get a lot. Right, mate, I need another beer, so just give me a sec and we will launch into the next segment. Raw Milk Podcast is proudly sponsored by Left and Right Creative. I can't tell you how much the lads have helped me with raw milk since its inception a few years ago. All of our fanzines and logos are designed by them. Everything you see with raw milk comes directly from their expertise. For simple, effective, creative design, visit leftandrightcreative.co.uk. We're back again then. So we'll move on to my memorable player. And I've gone for someone this week who will be in the memory 
of a lot of people, as always, but I've gone for Dean Winard. Uh, still playing, actually, at Southport, isn't he? I think he's assistant coach. Yeah, he's about there, pottering yeah. around. Yeah. Um, someone who's obviously etched in the memory of Stanley fans. Like we said, that era is full of legends, isn't it? But he's certainly somebody in that of that ilk. Um, I was looking at his, his career, actually, today, and he signed for us in 2009. And when he did sign for us, there was interest from Doncaster and Rotherham. And he chose Stanley. Bit of a coup. Well, it was a bit of a coup. And I think that the, the reason behind that was that he, he liked John and Jimmy, which is testament to them. And I was just thinking today, how many players do you reckon have A, signed for us because of John and Jimmy? And do you, how many players do you reckon have B, not signed for us because of John and Jimmy? Well, I think that's, that's <laughs> it's the way John and Jimmy work, isn't it? I mean, they, they know when they sign a player, no, ability's half of it. And the other half is is the crack, and are you the right kind of character for the club? Um, because you've got a lot. There's, there's there's very few players. I mean, ironically, Gary Roberts, who we talked about today, is one of the exceptions. But there's very few players who who leave Aki and go on to do great things, because Corley and Jimmy have that knack of and that way of getting the best out of players. Um, you know, Corley always pushes that angle of I scored you know nine million goals in non-league, and I never got the chance to play professional football. Um, you are being paid to, to, to play football. It's the best job in the world. Go out there and enjoy it. It's not a chore. Um, but it's not for everybody. That's, that's you know, as you say. I, I think that going back in time, I think if you speak to a lot of people that have watched football for a long time, they'd say that the standard in the lower divisions has definitely declined. And we could get into a conversation about grassroots football feeding professional football. But I think that if John Coleman was a player today... Absolutely, he would one hundred percent be a football. I mean, even 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 just on numbers, if you look at the numbers and goals per game, there's yeah. no way a league club wouldn't at least. I'm not saying he would have had a great career, but there's no way they wouldn't have at least taken a punt. Yeah, hundred percent. But then I again, mean, you're talking about it's the pay gap as well. Because um, if you look at sort of in Stanley history, look at David Argreaves, you know, three one six in three two six, which will, will will never be beaten. Went to Blackburn, played a bit. Came back to Stanley because the, you know, he was he was, he was happiest banging them on the crown, mm. and the financial implications weren't as much, didn't matter as much. You could make a good living in non-league, um, but certainly Corley today would have certainly at least got a look in somewhere. Yeah, it'd have been you know the, the, the Jamie Vardy numbers, if not better. Yeah, they are. Um, so yeah, so Winard joins us in two thousand and nine, um, and he's part of sort of. Well, he's, he's, he... again, we've spoken a lot about that time of being. They weren't the greatest of sides a lot of the time, but but he was he was part of that 2010-11 team that did really really well. He was one. There was only him and Luke Joyce that stayed with the club after that side. After we got beat with Stevenage, um, and I think that's testament to him really. I, I think that, like you say, Corley and Jimmy look for really good characters, and I think that he absolutely. Um, absolutely fit into that mould of like a, a good hard working professional who was you know, there was there was no messing about with him and, and he seemed to enjoy playing for the shirt as well and, and, and loved being a part of Stanley and as well. I think we, I think the thing with, with with Dino was as well, um in that sort of journeyman era, he was very consistent. It was it was six, seven out of ten every game. You know, similar to he reminds me of a bit like Harvey Rogers now. He's not gonna get plaudits, but he just does a job every game. Steady, steady Eddie. Yeah, and you look at his record as well, 282 appearances. That's some knock, that, isn't it? That's ridiculous, yeah, yeah. isn't it, when you think about it? like That's a stalwart, really, isn't it? Of course, that's yeah. that's a legend, isn't it? Like, that's that, testimonial. An absolute legend. Yeah. That is testimonial territory. I think maybe the reason he didn't get a testimonial is because he signed for Morecambe <clears throat> for well, two years. Well, they were the active retirement home for a bit, weren't they? Yeah. But, I mean, what, what I remember of Dean Winard is... Like you say, just consistency. Just yeah, yeah. six, seven out of ten every week. I, I can remember playing Bournemouth away. We lost 2-0 and he had a shocker to the extent where the Bournemouth fans were singing his name because he was so bad. Like, he'd get the ball and all the Bournemouth fans were like, Dino, Dino. Like, um, but th- those are few and far between. Steady Eddie, he'd just crack on. Um, wouldn't steal the headlines, but you, but you knew what you were going to get. And like you say, to make those many appearances as well, you know, he was, he was relatively injury-free. Um, 
you knew what you were going to get from him. And he gave us, at the time, that 10-11 team, you know, he gave us our best season in our history. So he, he, he has to go down as a, as a legend. And, and now you say, two, I think you said 282. In my mind, I would not have pegged him anywhere near that. It's, I know, it's, it's funny, it's isn't it? It's taken me aback that. He's, he's, he's arguably more of a legend than I uh, remember. When I was looking at it, well, so I'm going off Wikipedia, which obviously has its issues. But, Do you know Pedia? Yeah. Um, it's it's like 250 league appearances as well. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Which, in the Football League era, yeah. is, you're not going to find too many that have done I mean, any it's more testament, that. It's testament to his professionalism. Yeah. That on an era of playing on, you know, on Hyman Sports Centre and Wilson's Playing Field you can keep yourself fit enough to make that many appearances. That's a very, very good point, to be part of that in that era and to be bringing out those 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 sorts of performances is ridiculous and to be part of two sides that were arguably the most exciting teams that we've seen and to be that odd bastard at the back. Is, yeah, he's, he's very much etched into it. I think he's a player that we'll remember for a long, long time. Um made his debut in the Football League in that 1-0 defeat away at Rotherham United. Do you remember that? I do at the Don Valley. At the Don Valley, yeah. yeah. yeah I remember, yeah. First game of the season. That's arguably the worst, one of the worst places I've ever watched a football match. That was horrendous. Yeah, I, yeah. It's funny what you remember, in it? Because I, I remember being there and I remember we had some issue with the police at that time when we seemed to always have an issue with standing up in grounds. And I remember the police coming up and talking to us. But it, that was... It was such a surreal experience being in that ground, and um, I just remember I remember sort of being all over him. I, f- yeah, I remember where, st- where they had a, a really old keeper. He'd, yeah, he, he used called, to get that OAP shout. I think it was called it? Andy Warrington, but I might be making that up. But um, he used to get man of the match all the time. Yeah, grey hair, every yeah, yeah. proper old. I mean, pushing forty, and yeah, um, yeah that one nil, we absolutely dicked him. I did. I remember Jimmy Ryan missing a chance very early in the second half to the point where I wasn't off drinking. It was age. just um, that stadium just made it feel like a friendly. Yeah, it did. First it was, game of the season as well, awful. which and always fair, has. Fair play to them. They bounced back and they've got a great ground now. One of the best grounds you know, in the lower leagues, I would say. Town centre, right size, good atmosphere near the train station, near the pub, but that was just uh, soul destroying. First game of the season as well, which always feels like a bit of a. A bit yeah, of a about. friendly. Um, but yeah, so Dean, Dean Winard, always remembered by Stanley fans, always loved by us all. Um, I remember a story as well where he had a a big fight with Kevin Ellison once. Do you remember on the pitch at Morecambe? I don't recall that. Do you no. not remember? I remember, it, I remember it all kicking off once where the story goes that Ellison, so Ellison and Winard are at each other on the pitch, then it, it carries on into the into the tunnel. And then allegedly what I heard from various sources in the club was that once on an away game, Stanley went to... Basically, Stanley turned up at a service station. Dean goes into the toilets. A few of the players go to the toilets. Morecambe then pull up at the service station. And Kevin Ellison goes into the toilets. They see each other and they have a bit of a set-to in the toilet. Um. Which is an incredible story, like I say. Night him. That might never have happened. Allegedly. Sprinkle some allegedly. Allegedly that has happened. I've heard from a few sources in and around the team, maybe that happened. But apparently that happened. But then the year after, he signed for Morecambe. And of course, Kevin Ellison's at Morecambe. So I I, I bet they buried the hatchet. Kevin Ellison seems like a a decent fella, so I'm sure he has. But, um, But yeah, Dean Winard... Uh, club legend and yeah 282 appearances very very impressive and all the best to him at Southport really so let's go to our classic uh, games classic London games classic London games yeah so so like I said we're, we're at Charlton tonight so I thought we'd come up with some classic away trips classic old dayers um, <clears throat> so do you want me to start this time yeah so I've gone with Leighton Orient away, 2015. Um, Is that when it was, 2015? 2015, six years ago. yeah. So six years ago, it was Halloween, Jesus actually. Wept. The reason that we thought about this is because... So I was thinking about, you know, all-day away games, which we're, of course, missing now. It's been almost a year since we even went to an away game. 
And last time we went to Charlton, as I said on Twitter last night, my mate ended up getting punched in the eye. And it sort of, it made it a bittersweet, but they're still really, really good days. You come away and we got beat in the last minute and it was utter chaos at Charlton that night. But they're still really good days, mainly because you're on the ale. And as Stanley fans, we've said many a times, don't we? The football almost goes out of its way to ruin your day a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, so London away days is the is the uh, theme for this week. I've got a few memories from London away games. That Charlton game, I remember eating Moose Freaks with you on Borough Market. Do you remember that? I, I do recall that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we we lived the middle class dream for a while. Well, that's part of it, is it? You you go, and well, I'll get into it with this, but you. You're half cut by 10 o'clock, aren't you? Oh, and we, we ended up at this pub and me, you and Johnny swanned onto Borough Market for some, well, some cheap food, some street food. And we end up having moose frites for about 15 quid each. Yeah, mussels and chips for the uninitiated. Yeah, mussels and chips. Listen, if you're uncultured, that's mussels and chips with a bit of a... Well, I don't even know what sauce. it is. Like a, bit, like a white gravy. White wine cream sauce, I think it is. Um, Shit out, that's what it is. It's got a French name, so it's fucking good. If, if you're listening, Freddy's... Start selling that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Great day. I think Zorbas do do a pizza. Um, but yeah, good days. Um, so yeah, it made me think of this. I was looking at it. This, 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 Come on, this, Papa John. This Sorry. day is a proper, a proper memory for me because. So it was Halloween 2015. So it's October 31st. I was in my last year at uni, and I remember. So, we met. Did you go that day? Charlton away. No, Leighton Orient. Yeah, the one nil, the Windass. The one nil. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, me, I'm living in Manchester, so I met you lot at Piccadilly. Yeah, you work as a waitress in a cocktail bar when I met you. Do you know That's what? You, it, that is a funny joke, Gibbet, but you're actually absolutely true. Um, Technically, I am. <laughs> um, Factually correct. I met you at Piccadilly Station. I think I met you all at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. It was really, really yeah. early with Johnny. Catfished. Nothing like it looked in the picture. Yeah, we'd been out the night before though, and we were we were both absolutely twatted still from the night before. And um, so, like you say, you get on a train, don't you? Eight. Say it's nine o'clock, so you get to London for eleven. There's only about well, there's a good what? There were a good fifteen of us that day, I reckon. Twelve, fifteen, maybe. You're all absolutely sozzled. Um, by the time you get off at London, you're absolutely flying because you've had two beers, but well, four beers, but you're well oiled from the night before. And it's just a really good day, isn't it? I mean, like you say, it's a cliche, and we're really proud of being a Northern lad. But there's just something about being in London for a day. It's absolutely quality. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. It's like a little holiday, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. London away day is the absolute pinnacle. Um, we didn't have one last year, sadly, but uh, hopefully if, when COVID dies off, we'll, we'll get a few, because it it's, it's just the best. Two hours down from Manchester, you're pissed at your head, you don't mind, you, you, you'll pay for the, your £6 pints, you'll, you'll, yeah. uh, you'll, you'll wind up the Cockneys. Um, well, that's that's the good thing about that, isn't it? The, superb. The, you also, with the lads, certainly the lads that we go here as well, when you're planning a London away game... It's planned two months in advance, in it? So it's the build-up to it. Yeah, they're earmarked, aren't they? They're earmarked. Yeah. Charlton away, two months' time, Bangu's on it. Boom, yeah. Uh, and, and every game in League One's big, don't get me wrong, but it's it's got so much more appeal than Gillingham on a Tuesday. Yeah, it does. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's such a good crack, as you say. What I remember about that Leighton Orient game in particular was, so we get into London... And I just remember Lee Carter, who, who who listens as well, who's a good mate of ours, and his dad. First three pubs we went in were all Weatherspoons, and I just remember, I remember me and Will, Will Gil Martin, thinking, right, fuck this, let's go and get a proper pint. Like I'm not coming yeah. to London to stay in Weatherspoons. You've got to find a booze, aren't you? And it's then we walked, yeah, we walked into this pub and we <laughs> we got three pints, and it was like twenty five quid. <laughs> we all looked at each other like, oh fuck. Yeah, the good thing about Leighton Orient was cause the the Leighton area, um, it's not the most salubrious part of London, uh, and they were down to earth people. Their fans were very much like us, um, down to earth. I remember them being bemused because we're, we're in the pub after the game, and it, you know you're watching Sky Sports News, watching the ticker come in. Barrow had got Barrow had got beat, and I, I, I went get him. Barrow got beat. And they couldn't fathom it. They're just like, like what? What is a barrow? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's happy because barrow have got beat. <laughs> what's a 
What's that mean? What's a barrow? That's, that know. makes it worse that we've got beat with them as well. I remember a tweet that day saying, um, well, so for, for context, we beat them that day. The two points above us at the start of the day, we beat them to go fourth after 16 games. Onto twenty eight points. Sound you can hear is just me masturbating under the table. Ignore, yeah. it, ignore, <laughs> it, ignore that. And um, well, the game was decent. I remember there was only about, like I said, ten fifteen of us singing. We never stopped. We end up getting the win. And I remember a tweet after the game saying, um, "I can't believe we've just lost. We've just lost our playoff place to Accrington Stanley." And it really just reminded me of. For a long, long time, people thought that we were just rocking up as a non-league oh, outfit. That, that is my that is my favourite phrase of all time. Yeah. If I, I've not got no tattoos, but if I was to get a tattoo, it'd be teams like Accrington. Yeah, I love that phrase. Shouldn't be losing to teams like Accrington. Can't believe we're playing teams like Accrington. And uh, you know, Leighton Orient, a few years prior, they were two 0 up in the League One playoff final. I do remember that. Yeah, and they they, they lost. They drew two two to Did Fat Steve Evans Rotherham. Do you know the meme? You'll listen to the meme online. You know the, the one with things like it'll say like uh, when your mum says tea's ready. And it's Steve Evans running down the touchline fat as fuck. That was that game. They were 2-0 they were up against Rotherham. Drew two apiece, lost on penalties. And uh, they were you know they were, they were a stone's throw from the championship. And they ended up going down to the conference in the end. Uh, but they, they still felt like quite a big club and they hadn't played us before. So they still had that teams like Accrington thing going on, which I fucking love. I hate I actually, like we said before with the Trojan horse thing, I, I, I kind of miss that in a way. I quite like it when we're the underdog. I, I do, I do, oh, I do sort day. of think we still have that, though. Yeah. We do, definitely. Especially when we're, we're playing new sides in League One. I, I do think that people still have that. I, th- I think that if, if if we played Leighton Orient this year in the Cup, yeah. they'd expect us to well, be I can remember when we, played, uh, when we played Yeovil in the FA Cup and Gary Johnson was a manager. You know the year when we could have had United? Oh yeah! Don't Let's not speak of that. that. Let's not speak of those fake tickets. Jesus Christ! But um, the the home game, Carton, have you missed that oh chance? The home game, one apiece. Gary Johnson was their manager. He's walking off. He was getting booed and stuff. And in the replay, I read in the, the notes in the program, and he said, as I was walking off, people were saying, "Come on, Johnson! It's only fucking Accrington Stanley." And then Gary Johnson made the point like, "We're very similar to Accrington. We've just been very lucky with our progression." Similar to them in a way because they were historically Yeovil in on league, and they yeah. are now they're a struggling Look at where conference. They are club, now, yeah, you know. But um, I love it. Teams like Accrington, shitholes like Accrington, shouldn't be playing Accrington. And like I said to you on previous podcasts, the number of managers we've been the final straw for, you know, Jim Ganningate, absolutely superb. Yeah. Long, long may it continue. That's the thing. If we got into the championship, if it's a big if, every game would be that. Every yeah, time you, every time you took a point. Seems like a fucking Accrington. Oh, inject it into my veins. Absolutely. Um, You're right. I mean, Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient was the perfect storm because you had the London away day. It's but, early in the season as well, so there's not too much pressure mm-hmm. on it. But they weren't a massive dickhead club either. Yeah. They were yeah. all right. You know their fans are going to be all right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cause it, takes, it takes a special breed. Like, like a, I've always found Leighton Orient and also Dagenham to be a Southern Stanley. Yeah. Like, you've got to be a special breed to follow Leighton Orient. Because it's, it's West Ham territory, isn't it? It is West Ham, yeah. I mean, you know? Barry Earn's been very vocal with that. There was a big thing with the, the Olympic Stadium, yeah. wasn't there, when they tried to get that because they thought it had set fans away from Leighton Orient. Yeah. Pure, pure fans. Absolutely. And, yeah, like Respect. I say, I mean, it's it, it was the perfect storm because you win the game, so you're all absolutely <sighs> buzzing. It's the London away game, and... It, was that, the game, was that the game when we went back to uh, Euston? We saw the South End team getting back on the train. So I can remember seeing South End had played in London that game. Don't remember that. And I remember uh, we were talking to Nile Ranger. Really? I can't remember what we said, but. Well, that might be, but I was just going to say the next year we went back to Leighton Orient. I wasn't there and it was absolute chaos. Well, the fight? The Battle, <laughs> yeah, of, the the battle of Brisbane Road? The massive fight. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I mean, that I, I, I kept out of the way and, and survived, but some people only saw five minutes of that game. Well, so I remember, we won't talk too much about it, but I remember... It was on YouTube. Me phone, looking at my phone at about four o'clock, and <laughs> someone texted me going, are you at Leighton Orient? And I was like, wow, what's going on? And I just <laughs> uh, tweeted, like searched it on Twitter and just saw absolute chaos. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, it were a fucking absolutely cracking day. The reason I probably don't remember speaking to Now Ranger is because I was just oh, I were pissed at eight o'clock in the morning, and 
Well, one thing that I do remember from that day is, so on the way home, United have been at Crystal Palace. So I train home no, to if Manchester. You, if you're from Aki, and you're, especially if you're of the elderly generation, you have to accentuate the U. So it's not United, it's that United. Yeah. You have to accentuate the U. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm so, right, aren't I? Yeah, that's true. So they'd been at Crystal Palace. United, a bit at Palace. And the, the, train and just, the train was just full of manks, obviously going back to Manchester. And I just remember this guy kept walking to and from, to and from t- toilet, and I kept saying he looked like Anthony Barry. Yeah. I just kept going, Anthony, Anthony. And there were police on that train, do you remember? Mm. There were police, and it, I just kept going, Anthony, Pings Anthony. Anyway, this fucking guy, just thinking, oh, I'm being a bit of a cock, this guy ends up turning around and going, why are you fucking calling me Anthony? So I shit myself, and I was like, "Oh, you look like a, you look like this player." But um, and I ended up trying to get a picture of Anthony Barry on my phone, and this guy were not impressed. But we ended up having a nice little chat. Actually, that was also the day that someone said to that woman, "Do you remember when one of our mates, I won't mention, said something like, get your tits out to that woman?'" No, all right, no, I'm thinking of a different game. I'm thinking of uh, Northampton away with one five four. I went on my own on train, on train bike. <laughs> I was sat at the table with these Stoke fans and they'd gone to follow them away. <laughs> and they're a woman on train and she had this little dog with her. And uh, <laughs> the Stoke fans were saying stuff to the dog like, come by, away, come on. Come on, trying to like, entice it with crisps and stuff. And she turned around like, do you mind? That is, that is my dog. Please leave it alone. And the Stoke fan pissed out his head, let him back in his chair and went, Fuck off! It's a fucking dog. <laughs> and she was so outraged. She stormed off and got the uh, got the steward to come. I was like, well, you calm down, lads. And he's like, no, it's a dog. Just because she can't have kids, she's, oh. she's, she's putting it all into that dog. That's what it is. She's treating that dog like a child. And he, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was not good. But that was the same game where, um, yeah, the, the Stoke fans were talking. One of that because I'm from Aki, they're about Bumble, and Bumble had uh, tweeted a very. Uh, um, unflattering picture of me, um, topless at uh, Northampton. He tweeted a picture of you. Yeah, but not pretty, Biggin. Uh, Bumble fan of the podcast, by the way. Then, if you're listening, later David. On, later on the next day, one of the Stoke fans I was sat with replied, "Going, I'm sure we sat with him on the train." Class. It's only a dog. Uh, it was only a dog. Fantastic. It was only a dog. Um, Your Honour. Richard Keys. It was just banter. <laughs> but yeah, one th- one last thing I would say. Two things from that Leighton Orient game. I don't. If Lee Short's listening, I don't know if he remembers body slamming <laughs> me, body slamming me on a Piccadilly thing and thinking that he cracked my skull. And also, Classic Lee Short. Um, Classic. I remember me and Johnny went out after, and I was trying to chat this girl up, and she was she was really talking to me, and I just thought, yeah, I'm in here. And it, it must have been about two o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Yeah. And I remember then just trying to sneakily go, can I have your number? Like that then. And she'd gone from hearing me very, 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 yeah. very clearly to not being able to hear me at all. And I just remember she very calmly stood up from her, <laughs> from the bench yeah. and just walked off. Johnny Wallace still says that he doesn't think that she heard me, but I can categorically say she did hear me. Yeah. And it was the state that I was in. If you're listening, you, you did the right thing. If you're listening, I'm single now. It's, so it's, it's killed before and it'll kill again. I've put a bit more weight on. And um, if anything, that shows... He looks like uh, an Aki version of Henry VIII. He's eating a turkey leg as we, as we talk. <laughs> I'll take that. So, yeah, Leighton Orient away. Anyway, the, the team that day, I just wanted to talk about the side as well. The keeper, Mooney, a.k.a. the eighth wonder of the world. The twatter of York fans. Yes, uh, Halliday. Halliday. Right. I've got his uh, shirt think, upstairs, match worn, I'll show I you. I think Wright went to Morecambe, didn't they? Right, don't remember Wright. I think he went to Morecambe. I was very, very, very intoxicated that day, to be fair. <laughs> Pearson, Winard. The King. Classic player. Crooks, Keneally, yes. Mingoya, Windass, McConville, Key. The substitutes on that day Etheridge, Etheridge. Barry, Davis. Who you, you surprised? You surprised that he's on the bench, Davis? Yeah, he was a starter, wasn't he? Yeah. Proctor, Gornell, Wakefield, Liam Wakefield, who's I'm, I'm thinking of. He went to Morecambe, didn't he? Yeah. 
and Shane McCartan. Yeah, if he'd got a, a girlfriend called Emily, it would have been ideal because he'd have Wakefield and Emily for those of a Unibond uh, memory. Right, moving on. Thank you very um, much, thank you. All right, mate, then. So, London away games, classic away games. What have you got? What have I got? What have I not got? Well... Don't talk about what you've not got, because... That's very true, I'll be here all day. Um, I've gone for a, a, a FA Cup second-round replay, uh, the old Underhill, home of Barnet. Um, always a lot of time for Underhill, because I always maintain that whilst Barnet at Underhill and Hereford at Edgar Street were still in the league... Uh, the crown ground could not be called the worst football league ground, uh, as it often was by away Edgar fans. Street was a shit hole. Edgar man. Street was um, fucking. Hell. It's, the, it's the fourth it's circle of hell. Two hours to get to it as well because it didn't have any motorway. Mm. It's just got running water there, to be fair. Uh, but it was an FA Cup replay, so this year, I mean, I, I remember this very clearly. I didn't realise it was it was the same year of the infamous Fulham game. So we got to the fourth round, which was the the furthest that the. Uh, well, the first the clubs ever got, certainly the post-reformed club. I think it matched how far the original Stanley got as well at Peel Park. Um, but before that, we'd beaten Salisbury 2-1 in the first round. And I always remember that game because um, it always amused me how Salisbury in Wiltshire still hated Barrow. Like they sung a song, and because of the posh, they called it Barrow in Furnace. So it's like, we hate do-do-do-do-do, we Barrow hate do we hate Barrow in Furnace. <laughs> With Salisbury, we love you. Beat Salisbury. Next round, Barnet to Tom, two apiece. Um, so we've got to go to a replay. And I used to work in Darwin at the time, and I really wanted to go to this game, but I couldn't get the time off work. So uh, Timmins picked me up from Darwin. Um, I took Hi, a half John. day. Hey, John. Good care, Holmes. And I just about made the um, made the minibus. And you know it's a big game when Raving Pete is on the minibus, an Accrington legend. What the fuck? Who knows? Never saw him at a Stanley game again. But he was on the minibus with his Holland's Pie shirt who was for a random FA on? Cup game on a Tuesday night. Who was brought him on? <laughs> I don't know. But we went down there, about you know, 10 of us on the minibus, Underhill on the long side terrace. We made loads of noise in the pub. Uh, we were leathered. Everyone was just leathered, fucked out their head. Uh, and we won 1-0. Bobby Grant scored. Uh, Ilias was there. I remember that very clearly. Uh, I'm just looking at the base. crowd now, 1,288. But it felt like a lot more. Um, and it was just a proper it, for me it sort of epitomises that 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 middle period where we were still finding our way in the league but we were very very non-league mm. it's, sort of, it's in that bridge the gap period do you know what I mean we won 1-0 Bobby Grant scored um, and what's because, the side have you got the side uh, bear with me a second but because of the fixture congestion that was on the 8th of December and then we had a lot of games postponed because obviously the pitch was a fucking potato field wasn't it uh, was we, we, the third round, the third round was the nineteenth of January on a Tuesday night. Beat Gillingham one nil. I remember that game. So we played. Yeah. We played on the Tuesday night against Gillingham. The Fulham game was the Saturday. The, the, straight away the Saturday. We played on the nineteenth and the twenty twenty third. Did we score in that Gillingham game late? The Gillingham game, I will tell you now, um, it was one nil, and it was uh, yeah, John Miles, eighty first, eighty first minute. I remember being yeah, in the yeah. crowd that day and thinking, "Wow, how's this going to happen now? We're going to have to play him on Saturday again or something yeah, like yeah. that." I remember that, um, and then we scored late, and obviously at Fulham was like the biggest game that ever happened. I was interesting about this time as well that some people might not know about me. I was the mascot. At this time, so I was Win Stanley the dog. Yeah, and I remember that. I remember that Salisbury game. I would, I would, I wouldn't admit that again. Um, yeah, we won't go there. Um, but I was, I was, I was the mascot for that Fulham game as well. Um, mm. and I met Roy Hodgson, but I met him as Win Stanley the dog. Well, that was the game when he, when when Hodgson refused to change at Stanley, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and we'd, remember, have won, we'd have won that game if Kempson got sent off. We'd have won that game at one-one. We had him. We had him. I remember equalising. I, yeah. I got pissed at me at Poulton's house. And we walked to the to the ground, and because we were poor then, we were drinking from like two litre bottles of cider, and uh, wow, in the streets and families were looking at us and frowning. Uh, but look at this side; it was a great side with some forgotten forgotten names: uh, Buzarnis in goal, yeah, uh, Kempson, Edwards, Winard, the ever present Winard, uh, Murphy, Proctor, Joyce, Grant, Ryan, Key, and Symes. Uh, the subs there, we only had four subs, were uh, Ian Dunbavin, Sean McConville, John Mullin, and uh, Gary King. 
for those of you who remember Gary King. Gary King, wow. Do, do you know what? Yeah, I listen to that team and I think... Boozarnis is a great player. Dean Boozarnis. Darren Kempson as well, I think. He was quite, he was an underrated, weren't he? Like, proper, yeah, yeah, proper yeah. really, an absolute League 2 stalwart. Like, you forget, though, I mean, it was just a great... I don't know, it just... It was great because it was an FA Cup second round game. Of course, it was important, but it felt like a bit of a non-league throwback. Yeah, yeah. Like Twenty yeah. Aki fans, bit of a decaying sort of you know crumbling ground. London as well, so it was a good crack. And Barnet was a weird bit of London. Barnet was like it was London, yeah. but you seemed to get there quickly. Yeah, it was three and a half, four hours. You North were there. London. Yeah, yeah, North London. So you were there. It was just, it was just far enough. And uh, when you're getting back at two in the morning to Aki, but you've won, oh, it's so good. And in them days, you could do it. You could come back at Aki at two in the morning, get up at six o'clock and go to work. Yeah, well, you're young, aren't you? You're young, as Talisa would say. Um, yeah, I've, I've done that a few... Well, they had a great team, though. They had... Um, uh, Micah Hyde was in their team. Uh, he used to play for Burnley. Uh, Yakubu, the centre-half, remember him? Yes. Yeah. For Paul Furlong, ex-QPR. Um, ah, a good side. I mean, like yeah. you said, though, there, there are a side at the time who who were very much at our level. Yeah, I think as well. I think I think that game. I mean, it wasn't the greatest of games, but um, for what it led to with that Fulham game, and also the crack, and also you know the camaraderie of they're a similar club to us. The fans are very similar to us. The ground's yeah. very similar to us. Um, we just sticked all the boxes, and I, I can't believe that was. Uh, 2009. I was just going to say, it's one of those that just, you look back yeah, on. 12 years think, Christ alive. Yeah. Well, there you go, mate. London away is long may they... Well, I hope that they come back very, very soon. And speaking of that, we've got 12 minutes until we kick off against Charlton. So I think we'll wrap this up, eh? Aye. Uh, to all of you listening there on the other side, uh, an happy new year, like we always say. And, um, well, we don't always say. I said that once. Yeah. But thanks for listening again. Uh, download, like, all the usual things. And up the Stanley. Industry Imprudence Conquer, up the Reds. Thank you for tuning into Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Bolton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds! Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.